Acts chapter number 1, and then we'll go to some other verses. We'll end up in Matthew chapter 4. Just to review, as we get started talking about the apostles, and um, last week was just the introduction. There, there, there are more apostles than just the 12. Um, there were other men who were called apostles <clears throat> who were never the original 12, uh, but they were referred to as apostles. An apostle had to be someone who had seen the Lord. And uh, and so there were some that had seen the Lord, but were not necessarily um, the original followers. For instance, <clears throat> Jesus' half-brother, and why would he be his half-brother? They didn't have the same father. Jesus' half-brother, James, eventually got saved and was called an apostle. But James was not a believer until obviously later on. Um, and so James was not one of the disciples of John the Baptist. And so he was not one of the original uh, disciples of, of Christ. Another one would have been Saul, who became Paul. Saul was, Saul was alive when Jesus was alive on the earth. But Saul was not a believer until after Jesus had died, rose again, and then went to heaven. And after the stoning of Stephen is when Saul got saved. So Saul was later <clears throat> called an apostle because he got saved. And then he saw Christ on the road to Damascus. And so as he calls himself an apostle born out of two time. But in Acts chapter 1, when Peter stood up and said, we need to replace Judas. We need, and he quoted from Psalms and said, we need to replace the office of Judas who <clears throat> was a, a fraud, a fake, <clears throat> and uh, killed himself after... Uh, uh, out of guilt, and, and, and Judas could have gotten saved, but I think Judas uh, blasphemed the Holy Spirit and, uh, and never did turn to Christ, and, and he was called a devil and a son of perdition. Um, and, and, and here's what Peter said. He said in verse 21, Wherefore of these men, these other men that we know, because there were other disciples besides the twelve, wherefore of these men, which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John, Unto that same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness of with us of his. So the the criteria to be one of the twelve was a disciple of John, a, a a person who had been saved and baptized by John, and then turned over to Christ. Remember, Luke chapter one verse seventeen said that that John was sent to prepare a people for the Lord. Some people say that the apostle Paul should have been the the replacement, and that the the twelve apostles represented in the new jerusalem in revelation 21 uh should include paul not matthias because at the end of chapter one of acts it says they chose matthias no and i showed you why because even paul referred to them all as 12 but not only that remember paul doesn't fit the criteria because he wasn't baptized by john the Baptist. he wasn't one of john the baptist's disciples so we're going to talk the rest of this time about the 12 and I've already mentioned Matthias. And so now we're going to finish talking about the others, including Judas. We'll, we'll even mention him. Tonight we're going to look at two together, James and John. They're brothers. They kind of go together. Hardly ever do you not see them together. And so typically our study each week will be on one, but tonight it will be two together. So with that, let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 4, Mark chapter 1, Luke chapter 5. Matthew chapter 4. Mark chapter 1, Luke chapter 5. So Matthew 4 is where we'll start. 
and uh, I, I, I'll try not to be redundant. Ma Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. Now, let me just say, they already had been saved and baptized by John the Baptist at this point. He, in fact, John the Baptist pointed to Jesus and told them, this is the Lamb of God. And he says in verse 19, he saith unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. Why? Because they knew that John the Baptist, their teacher, had taught them this was the Lamb of God. Going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him, just as Peter and Andrew had done. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 14. Remember, John was the original teacher preparing these men preparing these 12 but notice and mark mark's just fast mark is real quick he tells the story a lot faster than the others do so mark chapter 1 verse 14 now after john was put in prison so that means john's done teaching you know he'd already at this point obviously he'd already baptized these men and jesus because after he got put in prison he got his head cut off so Mark 1, 14, now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Now as he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, come ye after me and I will make you fishers, become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little further, thence he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the ship mending their nets. And straightway he called them. And I'm just going to say, and I believe he said the same thing he said in verse 17. Come, and I will make you fishers of men. Straightway they called them. And they left their father's Zebedee in the ship with the hired servants. And he went and, and went after him. Then Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, verse came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, which is the same as the Sea of Galilee, Tiberias, and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. This wasn't accidental. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. Simon answering said, Lord, said, Master, we have toil all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. When they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes in their net break, because he said nets, and they let down one net. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, and we now know who the partners were, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of the fishes which they had caught, which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. Jesus said unto them, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. I will make you fishers of men. And when they had brought their ships to land, after having the greatest fishing experience of their life, they forsook all and followed him. And so this is how James and John started to become 
followers of Jesus. They, they got saved and baptized through the ministry of John the Baptist. When John the Baptist's ministry was no more, it was now Jesus who they were following, and he called them personally. He didn't just select them out of the blue. And most you know, most stories and, and movies about Jesus and the disciples, this isn't how they show it. But John the Baptist wasn't just a kook. He was sent to prepare these men. They got saved, they got baptized, and then he called saved and baptized people to follow him. <clears throat> and, of course, Andrew and Peter and their partners, James and John. And so that's what we're talking about tonight. And so um, one of the theme verses would be Mark chapter 10, verse 43. But so shall it not be among you, but whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. We're going to see why that matters and why Jesus said that. Now, let's talk about these two brothers. <coughs> And their background. Back there in Matthew 4 and verse 21, we already read it. Their father, Zebedee, he owned a fishing business. And so they had a family fishing business. And they were partners with Andrew and Peter, Matthew 4, 21 shows. And obviously they must have had a little wealth. James and John's family, Zebedee, must have had a little bit of wealth because it says in Mark chapter 1, and we read it already in verse 20, that they had servants. They had hired servants. So the Zebedee family, must it wasn't just James and John. There were some servants involved. And Luke chapter 5 and verse 10, where we were just at, it shows that they were in partnership with Peter and Andrew. All right? So when you put all the Gospels together, you get a more clear picture of how this all falls into place. Now, someone just asked me this before church tonight. Pastor, how many Jameses were there? How many Marys are there? All I want to say is the fact that there's so many duplications of names just proves that this isn't a story because nobody in their right mind would, would write so many characters with the same name. It's just too confusing, but it's not too confusing. First of all, here's why James is used more than once, why more than one man was named James, because in English, James is a translation from, from Hebrew or Greek, and it, it's actually Jacob, and Jacob is one of the most popular people in the Bible. You know, Jacob was named Israel. So it was very understandable why a lot of people would call them their sons James. And that's why you ended up with more than one James in the 12. And why you have different Jameses. All right? So there's three Jameses in the New Testament. First of all, James that we're talking about tonight. James and John. He was the son of Zebedee. And um, uh, we can compare Matthew 27, verse 56, with Mark 15, 40, and Mark 16, 1, and we can see there that James and John's mother, their father was Zebedee, and their mother's name was Salome, S-A-L-O-M-E, Salome, or Salome. You can get that from those three comparisons. Uh, Matthew 27, 56 shows that somebody went with the mother Mary, uh, Jesus' mother, to the grave, or excuse me, with the other Mary. I'm sorry, I'm getting my own, my own Marys are getting confused. Went with the Mary to the grave, and, the, and it doesn't say her name there, but it does say that she's the mother of James and John. Well, you go to then Mark chapter 15 and verse 40 and Mark chapter 16, verse 1, and it's clearly Salome. And so we understand then that the mother of James and John was Salome. Salome. <clears throat> then there's another James, and that's James the son of Alphaeus, or James the Less. But his mother's name is Mary. And, and Salome was with Mary when they went to the tomb. Okay? Which is another Mary besides the other Mary? Besides the other Mary. And, uh, and then there's a third James. And that is James 
the stepbrother of the Lord, Jesus' half-brother. And guess what the stepbrother of the Lord's mother's name was? Y'all ought to know that one. Mary. Lots of Marys and lots of James. Now, so there's three different Jameses in the New Testament. And then to make it even a little bit more confusing, and you just have to learn this, but Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. Verse 1. Now, about the time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. So one of the two men we're talking about tonight, this is how he died. Herod the Great, not Herod the Great, the next Herod after that, Herod, the wicked one, this wicked Herod, he was filthy. This wicked Herod killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. He was the uh, presiding pastor of the early church until right there. But what makes it confusing if you're reading the book of Acts is the next person that kind of picked up as the pastor of the church in Jerusalem after James, the brother of John, was killed is Acts 12, verse 17. And it was James, the brother of Jesus. So the first two pastors is James and James. That's why when you're reading, you've got to remember James, the brother of John, James, one of the original 12, died at the beginning of Acts chapter 12. Later on, we see another James. And it says, He beckoning unto them, verse 17, to the hand hold their peace, declaring to them how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Peter, this is Peter. See, after James was killed, they threw Peter in prison. They were going to kill Peter, and the angel released him. And he comes to the church who is praying for him, and it says, Go show these things unto James and to the brethren. But obviously that's not the James that just got his head cut off. This is the other James. This is James, the the half-brother of Jesus, who then later wrote the book of James. It's the half-brother of Jesus that wrote the book of James, not James, the brother of John. And so we see then this third James is James, brother of John. But tonight our study is about James, the brother of John. James, I said James, oh boy. James, the brother of Jesus, is the third James. There's three Jameses. There's James, the brother of John. There's James, the less. And there's James, the brother of Jesus. James, the brother of Jesus, succeeded as, past, as, as presiding pastor of the church after James, the brother of John, was killed. So then when you get to Acts 15, it's James, the brother of Jesus, that's presiding because obviously Acts chapter 12, James, the brother of John, was killed. Just got to remember that. See, Louis Lamar, he never, he never duplicated names like this but this again this is how you know this is a real true event because this isn't just some fabricated story this is real people and it's not it's not anybody's fault that they happen to share some same names the point is is that tonight we're talking about James the brother of John one of the one of the twelve disciples and he was the third martyr of, of the New Testament he would have been the third martyr John the Baptist got his head cut off. Then Stephen got stoned to death. And then Acts 12, James got his head cut off by Herod. James is also kind of considered the quiet, 
disciple or quiet apostle because you don't see him speaking. He did speak, but you don't really have individual quotes of him like you would of John or, or others. So then there's John, the, the other brother. So we know how James died. He was killed by Herod there in Acts 12. John got exiled to Patmos. There is still an island called Patmos. And back then it was a very remote place. And John was exiled to Patmos. And Revelation chapter 1 verse 9 tells us that he was exiled to the Isle of Patmos. Tradition says and, and, and logic says, it seems to be agreed by most, that John died around 96 AD and he wrote Revelation in probably 95 AD. Uh, John was the last apostle to die and he also probably was the youngest apostle. In fact, he was probably a teenager when Jesus selected him. Probably James might have been young 20s and John was the little brother. It's still maybe in his teens and definitely was probably the youngest of the disciples. Now there are three Johns mentioned in the New Testament. There's John the Baptist and there's John Mark and then there's a Jewish leader in Acts 4 verse 6 that also happened to have the same name John. So other than James's brother John, the most popular John, there are three other Johns in the New Testament. And obviously John was very close with Jesus. In, in the book of John, in verse 13, by the way, um, one thing about John is he never referred to him. In fact, the name, his own name, he never referred to himself in his own book. In fact, in his own book, in the book of John, the gospel of John, he would refer to himself as the disciple that Jesus loved that other disciple Peter and that other disciple ran to the tomb and that other disciple beat Peter because I was a teenager and Peter was an older fisherman and 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 that's John that's that's the main John that's John the 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 disciple of Christ the one of the apostles the brother younger brother of James and he obviously had a close relationship John 13 23 he's he's leaning upon Jesus and, and 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 when they had the supper he's right next to him and remember Peter says John ask him who's going to betray him and and 21 20 look at look at john chapter 21 that that story i mentioned earlier about the when they all ended up going fishing and jesus came to find peter john chapter 21 and and verse went after right after what we just read about those questions that that we were answering earlier tonight about feed my sheep John twenty one twenty. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved. See, that's how John referred to himself. He never just said, turn to me. Which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? That's back in chapter 13. Peter, seeing John, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? What, what is John going to do? And uh, so we see the, the connection and the, and the closeness that young John had with Christ. Who was it that Jesus looked down from the cross and said, I want you to take care of my mother? It was this John, this young man, John. John is the only of the 12 that didn't die a martyr's death. His brother James died, as we read about. History shows us how the others died. It's, it's said that Peter was crucified and he, he requested to be crucified upside down because he did not want to be crucified like Christ because he 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 did not he he wanted to be lesser than Christ and of course he was 
John was boiled in oil and somehow lived through it. He was he was put in a pot of boiling oil and lived through it somehow and was exiled to the Isle of Patmos. I think we have it in our video library. It was made 40 years ago probably. It's called the Apostle John and it's a one-man act by Dean Jones. Dean Jones was the Disney Hollywood actor that did Herbie the Love Bug. I think Dean Jones actually was a Christian before he died. I think Dean Jones became a Christian. And it's a neat, he did a good job. I think, I can say that because I think he was a believer and I think he, he and he did it, I don't think he did it for money. I think he did it as a Christian. But he did a one-man act as if he was on the Isle of Patmos talking to God and God talking to him. And it's worth watching. Uh, but But what happened is, is that John was exiled to this isle. He was too influential, and so they just made him be exiled to this island all by himself. And that's where the book of Revelation was written. And John wrote the Gospel of John, and then, of course, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and then he wrote Revelation. John wrote a lot later than the others. And just a side note, um, I believe that the reason why John doesn't include the Olivet Discourse is because the Olivet Discourse had to do with 70 AD. The abomination of desolation. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all talked about what Jesus said about the abomination of desolation in Daniel. And and the reason why John doesn't include it is because John wrote after it happened. It was it was it was history. It was old news. And so John didn't write about that. And I believe that John's gospel and and first, second, third John and Revelation were all written later, much later than the other apostles in their writings. Definitely the last written scripture. And the other thing about John is, and here's something I really love about John's writing. He's the one that referred to Jesus as the Word. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. You get to First John, the Word. Revelation, he's called the Word. I love that. I love the fact that Jesus and the word are considered the same. And he's known as the apostle of love. And he wrote Revelation to the seven churches in Asia Minor. And in Revelation 1, he said, I am your fellow companion in tribulation. And uh, so these are the two brothers. Um, Obviously, James was the older one. He's always mentioned first. And uh, Jesus nicknamed them. Jesus called them the sons of thunder and we'll mention that why he called them that and also James and John and one other person were the three inner circle and I've already told you who the other one was Peter and you can see that in Matthew 17 Mark 5 Mark 13 Mark 14 and then Galatians chapter 2 verse 9 Paul says when Barnabas brought me to the church we met with James, Cephas, and John, and they seemed to be pillars. Like, they were the three. And they were. They were the inner circle. They were always the ones closest with Jesus. Peter, James, and John. All right. But now let's look at these brothers. They were fishermen, and they had some wealth. They had servants. Um, I never grew up with servants, did you? Uh, But these guys had some servants in the home, and they were fishers. And, uh, and, they had a business and their dad was a businessman and 
and they yet got saved. They were influenced by John the Baptist. They were baptized by John the Baptist, and they got saved. And, and then uh, through Andrew and Peter, uh, they were also called to be fishers of men. Uh, but they were called sons of thunder for a reason. They obviously had some, some temper, and they obviously had some, some emotions that they needed to get a hold of. So let's look at this, Mark chapter 9 and Luke chapter 9. Uh, let's read Mark chapter 9, verse 38 through 41, and then Luke chapter 9. Mark 9 and verse 38. John answered him, saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and he followeth not us. And we forbade him, because he followeth not us. Jesus said, Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me, for he that is not against us is on our part. For what, whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because ye belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. And then in Luke chapter 9, and verse 49, we see this. Luke chapter 9, and verse 49, it says, And John answered and said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and we forbid him, because he falleth not with us. Notice his reason for forbidding him. We forbade him because he was wrong. No, we forbade him because he's just not following us. Jesus said to him, forbid him not, for he, he that is not against us is for us. Not everyone will serve the Lord where and how you might think they ought to. There are people who might not serve the Lord the way we'd like them to. The Bible says in Philippians chapter number 1, some preach Christ of contention of strife. Some all, but no matter what, Christ is preached. And, and I just want to say this, that it's true that we have a, we have a set of standards that we follow. And, and it could be that maybe there are somebody else out there doing a work for Jesus and maybe they're not aware of maybe something we, we think is important and, and maybe they don't do it the way we do it. You know what? That doesn't mean I'm going to spit on them or try to discourage them or hurt them. I'm I'm thankful, you know, during the biker booth and all that, there might be some people out there, and maybe they don't have the right version of the Bible, but they are still preaching the gospel. And while I would tell them, listen, there's a reason why we don't use that version, I'm not going to try to hinder them or discourage them from what they're doing because they're trying to reach people for the Lord Jesus Christ, and I think there's there's merit in that. I'll get to when it's when it a legitimate reason not to in a minute. Um, and then there's the parable in Matthew 20 where uh, he calls the servants and they work for him all day long and they get paid a whole penny. And then there's these other servants that only work for the last hour and they get paid the same. Well, what's up with that? Hey, you know what? Maybe it doesn't seem fair to you, but the thing is, is that God's in charge of that. And ultimately, I'm not, the pastor of everybody in Custer. I'm just the pastor of the people that submit themselves to this church. And I, I'm not going to chew out people for doing it a little differently as long as they're serving the Lord. Now, um, we can need to be careful because a party spirit in a church is divisive. In 1 Corinthians, it says in chapter 1 and chapter 3, I am Paul, I am of Paulos. And there's just carnality. And it's all about personality. It's all about following a person. And, and John and James were so loyal to Jesus. 
that when they saw somebody doing it a little different, and and they were still honoring the Lord, but, well, you're not. I mean, listen, these guys left their fishermen business. And so they're, I mean, they're, they're a little bit aware of the fact that we are, we are following Jesus ultimately. But that doesn't mean nobody else was. There weren't just 12 disciples when Jesus was on the earth. There were many disciples. The Bible teaches that. And so Jesus is saying, don't discourage the others if they're serving me, but maybe aren't doing it exactly like we're doing it or following daily like you are. But on the other hand, let's also be aware of something. There are false prophets out there. And Jesus is not telling us that if you meet someone religious, you should not discourage them. He's telling us if someone is a Christian, they are a born-again Christian. We need to, we need to say, praise the Lord for what you're doing. Uh, I just told the lady we were talking to this afternoon, she mentioned VCY America Radio. She said, I, that experience happened, and, and that got me to thinking, and then this experience, and then finally I was in the car, and I listened to somebody on the radio, and the, and the guy on the radio just talked about praying and, and receiving Christ, and she said, I just prayed right there. And I said, praise the Lord for that radio station. But then we both agreed that VCY has some bad teaching today. But we're still thankful for the good that they do, Okay. And, and, and I'm just, I'm just very cautious about what I'm trying to say here tonight because there's a difference between a Christian who doesn't use the same Bible version as you and a Mormon. There's a difference between a Christian who knows the gospel and is saved and might use a different version of the Bible, and a Catholic who's worshiping Mary or, or you know, whatever. There's, there are truly false prophets out there, and Jesus is not saying, anybody religious, don't say anything. He's just saying, John, don't get all upset because they're not following us. There are other, there are other gospel-preaching churches in the Black Hills besides Independent Baptists. And I'm not going to I'm not going to, you know, make a big deal about them, but there are reasons why we might not do it the way they do it, but I'm not going to be after them. I'm not going to be opposed to them like I would be false religion. There's a difference between someone who might not dot their I's and cross their T's the way way we do and a Jehovah's Witness. Romans chapter 16 and verse 17 still says this, and it's not contrary to what Jesus was telling them. Romans sixteen seventeen, Paul says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. You need to understand, there are people who need to be called out for what they are. Jude Verse 3 and 4 says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. There are 
false teaching, false prophets who are teaching false things that it needs to be called out. And so when Jesus was rebuking James and John, he indicates that one they were trying to stop, the one they were trying to stop was also serving him faithfully, just not in the way that they thought he should be doing it. There's a difference between opinion and Bible. And if someone is being a false prophet and someone is teaching something anti-scripture, they need to be called out publicly for it, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if someone is just not necessarily doing exactly like you're doing, we need to be careful. Acts chapter 20 and verse 29, Paul talks about taking heed to yourselves, verse 28. In Acts 20, verse 29, he says this, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. I mentioned VCY America Radio. I really like their music. They have um, Adrian Rogers on there. I agree with almost everything Adrian Rogers preaches, and especially since he uses the King James, I appreciate that. By the way, the dead guys on the radio are usually more trustworthy. But anyhow, there's another guy that comes on VCY a lot, and his name is John MacArthur, and he's got some real problems. He's a very popular pastor out in California, but he's got some problems. He he um, he teaches this Calvinism. He teaches this predestination. Um, he he teaches that there are some people that are just predestined to be damned. In other words, God allowed these people to be born without ever ever giving them opportunity to get saved. They're just no. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So I I, I warn against Calvinism. That's very wrong. That's very very wicked i i just i don't i detest that and i'm not afraid to, to call it out second timothy chapter three never mind we won't go there but there's another one second timothy three eight and nine is another place where men are named and they were wrong however the point is this is that james and john were overzealous for jesus they were wrong they they shouldn't do that there's there are people out there that uh you know well your church does the Look, for instance, I, I know a church where the pastor says it's wrong to preach if you have any other color shirt on than a white shirt. Okay? You know what? That's that guy's opinion. And if, and if I was asked to preach there, I would wear a white shirt just out of respect, right? But, um, but I don't think that's true. And, and he's wrong if he thinks I'm wrong. See what I'm saying? Well, they don't do it exactly like we did it. Okay, all right, calm down. But is that in the Bible? Right? Stuff like that. And so Jesus is saying, y'all need to leave them alone. They're serving me. Secondly, notice something else about James and John, Luke chapter 9. They were very intolerant. Not only were they upset that somebody was serving Jesus without doing it their way but Luke chapter 9 and verse 51 it says this right after that story came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him and they the Samaritans did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem now remember Samaritans and Jews did not get along naturally 
Verse 54, And when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them even as Elias did? That's why they're called the sons of thunder. James and John saw these Samaritans who already naturally, they don't really like the Samaritans. And, 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 and Jesus comes through and instead of receiving Jesus and, 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 and recognizing him for who he is, they just kind of aren't very respectful because obviously Jesus is headed to Jerusalem and they can tell that, that he's focused on Jerusalem and so the Samaritans don't treat him as well as John and James thinks that Jesus should have been treated. And so they're like, Jesus, can we, can we zap him like, like Elias did in the Old Testament? They're jealous for Jesus and they're intolerant of other people. And Jesus didn't say this, but I'll just go ahead and say it for emphasis. Guys, I called you to make you fishers of men, not nukers of men. You're supposed to be fishers of men, not zappers of men. Verse 55, he turned and rebuked them and said, you know not what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man has not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. But then also, James and John had some real ambition. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20, this is a little presumptuous. James and John, I, I think they were raised in kind of a little bit more of a fluent family. And uh, they knew that Jesus was, was the Christ. And they knew that this was it. And they were excited for him. And they were excited for their privilege that they had to follow him. And Matthew 20, verse 20. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children, which was Salome, with her sons, which would have been James and John, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She saith unto them, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on the right hand and the other on the left, in thy kingdom. Well, that's a little bit, uh, I mean, there's ten other guys standing there, right? And Jesus answered and said, You know not what you ask. Are you able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said, We are able. He saith unto them, Ye shall drink indeed of my cup. By the way, what was that cup? You're going to be you're going to be killed. James died for Christ. John was boiled in oil, and and be baptized with the baptism I am with. What what he means by that is immersed in death. But to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my Father. <laughs> Verse twenty four. And when the ten heard it, <laughs> they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. Who do you guys think you are? Seriously? I mean, there's a little ambition there. Obviously some ambition, right? And then verse 25, But Jesus called them unto him and said, You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even so, as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus said, let me explain ministry to you. 
you, you are privileged to be one of the 12. And, and I'm sure in their minds, it's like, we're walking with Jesus. I mean, I think they knew this is the Christ. And, and, mom, and mom's thinking, I want my two to sit right with you. And, and typically, as human beings, Joshua just got ordained into ministry not too long ago. It's real easy to, I'm in ministry. Hold the door for me. Thank you. Toilet's plugged. <clears throat> I just got ordained. Jeff, would you mind taking care of that? That can happen to ministry. That can happen. But let me remind you, the word minister means. I'm sure Salome was back at home saying, my boys, my boys are with you know who. And you watch. I'm going to go ask him. They're going to get front row seats in heaven. That happens in ministry. And Jesus said, let's not forget what ministry is. I didn't come to be served. I, I came to serve. It's a privilege to serve others. And the Bible says in Philippians 2, he humbled himself and became a servant. And Matthew 25 says that he's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, not good and faithful apostle or good and faithful pastor or good and faithful, no, good and faithful servant. We're real good at seeing ourselves. And Jesus said, the Gentiles, they've got this rank and status, but in my kingdom, the greatest are the servants. Truly, it's, it's the case in a local church. Some of the greatest people in a local church are not the ones you, you might think they are, but the servants. Paul called himself a servant or a bond slave of Jesus Christ. Now, what's really cool is to watch how James and John changed. They just changed. Remember, James and John and, and their mother, we want to be the greatest. We want to sit with you. And Jesus said, are you ready to drink of the cup I'm going to drink of? What did Jesus pray? Lord, let this cup pass from me, and nevertheless not my will but thine be done. He was talking about the cup of death. Are you ready to drink of that cup? Acts chapter 12, James drank of that cup. James was the first of the 12 to die. Gone was all that ambition for lofty position. He didn't last long in this world. John, amazingly, became the apostle of love. Some of the greatest verses written are John's words. You want to see? Well, let's go John chapter 15. This is one of the things John wrote. John 15. John 15, 13. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And then go with me to 1 John chapter 3 and 4. 1 John, this is also the same John. 1 John chapter 3 and 4. Now get this. 1 John 3, 
16. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Chapter 4, 1 John 4, verse 10. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. And I can just see a Samaritan going, get that. That's the guy that wanted to zap me with lightning. And now he's talking about love, the brethren. What happened? Somebody showed him how to love. Look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. Ooh, Samaritans. Jesus. Wow. I've been guilty of hating brothers. And something changed. They used to be called sons of thunder. Sons of thunder don't write stuff like that. What happened? He is a liar if he says he loves God and hates his brother. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. Don't know if this ever happened, but maybe John said to some Samaritans, you know something? I'm sorry I wanted to zap you because I've learned the love of God and now I realize what Jesus is trying to teach me. They changed. And the Apostle Paul said they were like pillars in the church. They went from proud and haughty and unloving to loving and humble men, willing to die, willing to be exiled, willing to be servants rather than great. So I'm going to end with that tonight. James and John, two men that were human. And I think it's important that we recognize these guys are all human. And we can learn from them and recognize that, you know what? Jesus called real human beings just like you and I. They weren't some guys walking around with halos on their head or a ray of sunshine over their face all the time. They were human beings. And they had human natures like us. And they had emotions and anger and imperfections like you and I. Let's stop there. We'll close there. We'll pick it up again next week. Next week we'll look, I believe the next one on my list is Philip, and we'll look at Philip next Sunday night. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for opportunity to study and, and to learn and to see some things maybe that we didn't recognize before. And Thank you that there's a message in all of this that we might have righteous indignation or we might be angry with a cause and whatnot but you didn't call us to be zappers of men but fishers of men to help us to remember that and thank you that you demonstrated love for the unlovely and help us to learn that and to do it ourselves in Jesus name amen